Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hi, I'm Mike, along with Joel. Time for another edition of Growing in Grace. About 15 minutes with us each week. Thanks for sharing with a friend, too. Um, Joel, hope you're doing okay. Uh, I think I am. I'm doing <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But wait, Let me which check. way did he go? Let me. <laughs> I loved that cartoon. Yeah, wasn't that on Bugs Bunny? Wasn't that uh, the Robin Hood Bugs Bunny that did that voice? Was it? Die. Which way did he go? Wasn't that uh, a hound or something? I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, it sounds like something from Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's that. a Looney Tunes thing. And as soon as we got done here, I'm sure we're going to remember who it was. And <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I, I love those old Looney Tunes uh, things. He, he the, gives to the rich and takes from the poor. Or no, he, he takes from what? He takes from the rich and gives to the poor. I, I'll have to look that up. I'll have to Google that one up. Yeah, it'll be a fun one to Google. Spend some yeah. time. Those old Looney Tunes things are good. My my oh, kids yeah. watch the Disney Channel too, and they show some old like Mickey Mouse. You know the old stuff with Pluto and and Mickey and Minnie and Donald Duck and all that. I like those old ones too. I but I think I like Looney Tunes better. That was always my favorite. Bugs Bunny, the Road Runner. All that good stuff. They they don't make them like that anymore. Not at all. <laughs> well, we were um, we've been spending some time talking about some really interesting things. I think the whole idea that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything He's not fallen short in giving us anything. And when we see ourselves kind of falling short in the living out of it, it's not up to us to struggle and strive to try to produce all this great fruit for God. Uh, and you can listen to, you know, maybe some of our last few weeks worth of programs, if you haven't, to kind of get up to speed with where we're at right now, how we came to this conclusion. But, you know, the, the thing is, is that some people, you know, begin getting an idea of their identity in Christ, and then maybe some false legalistic teaching comes along and, and they forget the truth that they are already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. They are already a partaker of the divine nature. They're already a new creation. There's nothing that stands in between them and God. Just uh, recently I had uh, been corresponding with somebody who had been growing in his identity in Christ, and yet at times, uh, because of false teachings, because of legalism in his own mind, wherever that came from, whether it came from other people or his own misunderstanding of the scriptures. I mean, this type of legalistic thinking can come from all kinds of different directions. And it led this person to really some deep depression. Not only depression, but the type of guilt and condemnation that just makes you despondent and it, and it makes you it just it just really drives you down he, he would he got to the point where even he would be driving along and, and if he went a mile over the speed limit oh god i'm sorry I'm, and, and he would confess and he'd go through all these things realizing all along that you know i don't need to do this this it's you know i don't need to micromanage everything but that legalism can just seep in like that and can strangle a person, so to speak, and make it really hard to live life. And what is sad about that, not just the fact that it makes a person feel condemned and, and guilty and, and despondent, but 
It's the opposite of what we're supposed to be experiencing in our life in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm in that freedom, is what Paul tells us. Uh, We're supposed to be free. We're supposed to be full of joy. And I'm not using the word supposed to as a must, but as, hey, this is our new life in Christ. He's given us this life of joy and this freedom, and we get to enjoy it. And so it's kind of sad when people aren't able to experience that when it's what Christ died for. Yeah, and, and that's real-life stuff. I mean, going one one mile over the speed limit and feeling guilty about it. But you know what uh, the legalist and, and, and the religionists will do, Joel? They'll check that guy's speedometer and find out that it was off by one mile an hour <laughs> mm-hmm. and that he was actually going two miles per hour over. And so that confession of sin being only one mile per hour over isn't good enough. He's going to have to go back and confess that it was really two miles per hour over the speed limit. And that's what religion does. That's what the Pharisees did. It's never good and, enough. And you know what, mm-hmm. what we talked about before, Joel, in, in recent weeks where Peter said, it's evidence when godly qualities that reside in you, uh, this new nature that's full of love and, and fruit and, and compassion and perseverance and self-control, all these good things that, that dwell in the believer because, because of the new nature of God in us. If these things are not manifested it's evidence that it could be because somebody has forgotten they were forgiven from their past sins. Because what happens, Joel, when somebody walks in guilt and condemnation? When when they feel that way, um, those qualities of God that rest in us usually don't flow out of us as well because we're, we're not resting in them. We're, we're frustrated. We're guilty. What happened when Adam sinned? He hid. And that's what a lot of a lot of believers do because... They haven't understood who they are in Christ and, and haven't either realized or have forgotten that they were forgiven of all their past sins, past, present, and future, for that matter, all their sins. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of it sometimes is rooted in this, in, well, obviously, rooted in this performance-based Christianity, this whole idea that Christ came <laughs> to uh, make us better performers in front of God. To 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 and and, and that can be a, those are legitimate fruits. You know, it's it's legitimate fruit to have our lives changed for our behavior to change. But in so many cases, it's rooted the Christian life for so many people from a legalistic perspective is rooted in behavior change. It's rooted in performance for God, rather than that being the fruit. It's a difference between the root and the fruit, so to speak, where the root needs to be God's grace and his love and our new identity in Christ. And as we grow in our understanding of that and so on and so forth, as we've talked about a lot on this program, as we grow in that, we'll see some of that fruit. But when the root is performance and when the root is changed behavior and we don't see that, then we begin wondering if we're, we're ever going to get it right. And so that kind of leads us you know, to something that we wanted to talk about. You know, a lot of people are thinking, well, gee, I did something wrong. I messed up. I wonder if God will give me a second chance. And, and, and you hear this expression. I've heard this expression. There's a song or probably more than one song in, in the Christian music world. There are people who will say this. God is a God of second chances. On the one hand, that is a really exciting thing. It sounds really good. It, it, it's from a grace perspective, it sounds really good. But, <laughs> but, and, and this is something that's huge to me. Something that I realized a few years ago. 
Is God really a God of second chances? You know, did he even give me a chance in the first place to get it right? Was God expecting me to somehow get it right? And then if I failed, well, he would just give me a second chance. And so, uh, I don't know, what do you think about that, Cap? Is God a God of second chances? Is, is he a God of a first chance, even? <laughs> well, it is one of those phrases that, that sounds good. It sounds right, sounds spiritual. It just sounds that way, but it, it's, it's really not accurate. Look, when, when you fall into guilt and condemnation, which no believer ever should, that, that's, that's problem number one, not understanding what has been provided for us through the finished work of Christ. That's problem number one. So when people do fall into guilt and condemnation, either through some sort of religious teaching or some sort of tradition, or maybe even their own thinking, they are looking for a way out. They want to get out of this position of of guilt and condemnation and back into God's good graces, quote-unquote. They want to be right with God, not realizing, Joel, that they already are right with God as a believer in Christ. So there's the problem. But people cry out for a second chance, and so they do things like rededicating their life, uh, getting baptized, going to confession, communion, different things that are all fine and good, you know, in, in their proper place, but not to try to become somebody that you already are. And that is a, a forgiven, righteous child of God. And so is God the God of second chances? I don't think so. Like you said, he knew we would never get it right in the first place. He never expected us to get it right. That's why he came. That's why he came, he saw, he conquered, <laughs> as, as the saying goes. It's an old Petra song, too, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. He did it all. And, and so to think that somehow he's going to give me another chance to get it right, it ain't going to happen. Now, I can rest in him and allow this life to flow through me. Am I going to live perfectly you know, according to the righteous requirement of the old covenant? No, absolutely not. It just isn't going to happen. And I know there's some self-righteous people out there who think they're doing really well, and that that's great. It's just that it's not about how well I can do. It's about how much I can trust in him. When you're in a close relationship with somebody, and this really is all about relationship, when you lose the trust factor in that relationship, that's a really uncomfortable place to be. And so being able to trust in what he has done uh, and and uh, know that uh, I, I don't have to worry about second chances with God anymore. Yeah, you know, we uh, a few years ago, well, several years ago, my wife and I were helping out with a uh, with a youth group in uh, in a church, and uh, one of the kids he he cracked me up. Um, I mean, it, it was funny, but yet it wasn't because he would come up to me every so often, and he would say, "Joel, Joel, I got saved again," and is he was so excited because <laughs> because for whatever reason he thought that. He had lost his salvation somehow through something he had done or through not living up uh, to the expectations that he thought he was supposed to live up to. And so he went back to the altar and, quote, got saved again. And, and the same thing can happen with those who go back week after week or month after month or whenever it is to, to rededicate themselves. I think you used that word a few min- a minute or two ago. This whole idea that, okay, the first time I dedicate myself or the first time, quote, that I get saved – uh, all right, I did it, I got saved, or I, I dedicated myself to the Lord, and 
oh man, now I've gone and messed up. And so a period of time goes by and then I, I rededicate myself to the Lord. Okay, it's my second chance. God's giving me a, a new chance to dedicate myself to him and to get it right. Well, you're right, Cap. Uh, he's, he never even gave us a chance in the first place because it's, he never left it up to us. It's, it's, it's not about us. It's not about my dedication to God. Is it good to be dedicated to God? Sure. I mean, I mean, it's a great response to, to his dedication to us. Uh, to, you know, it's, it's a, it's again, it's a fruit of what, of who he has made us to be. But, it's not like he's giving us chance after chance after chance to get it right. I mean, does God give us 10 chances and finally he thinks we're going to get it right? Does he give us 100 chances? Does he give us 1,000, a billion chances? Of course not. He, he's not expecting us to get it right. It's, it's the fact that he got it right, and now we get to live in the freedom that's been provided for us because he got it right for us. And so with that said... This whole idea of rededicating our lives to Christ. I mean, if he doesn't give us all these chances, as we've been talking about today, is he looking for us to dedicate our lives to him and rededicate our lives to him and re-rededicate our lives to him? We'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.